I'm declaring this a thing. It is now. It is. One and a half episodes ago. People were even asking, like, when's the next one come out? I said, settle down. It comes out on Friday. Every Friday we post this thing. If people are already asking for it, it means there's demand. So if you're sitting there at your business listening, I like this. this podcast brought to you by... Could be you. That's right. You've got nothing better to do on a Friday. You're cyber slacking at work, checking out the Farwell and Pope podcast. And you're thinking to yourself, I could sponsor this. I think I'm vain enough. I'll be listening. We come cheap, by the way. (laughs) We come very cheap. We're also going to be on the road a lot this weekend. We travel with the Kitchener Rangers, of course, and it's Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, and Flint on the docket. I'm excited for dinner on the way up to Sault Ste. Marie. Crucial Club. It's a nice stop in Sudbury. It, It serves a dual purpose. First of all. Classic old Italian club for the for the meal. Quality quality fixins, mm-hmm. but also breaks up the ride a little bit, right? Get off, stretch the leg, get a good meal into you, and then finish off the trip up to the Sioux. And there's a lot of players on the Rangers with Italian descent, so they love it. The little home-cooked meal. We were talking to Joe Gareffa earlier in the week, and uh, he said, yeah, he just loves going up there. He's talking about the f- the seafood and the sauce. I'm like, all right, Joe. <laughs> I, go, I go straight straight for the... Uh, for the the rolls and the uh, meatballs. The meatballs are solid. I have it on good authority. Uh, Joseph Greffa's billet here in town is a very good baker. And uh, Joe fell victim to the baking last year. He's decided that he's not going to have as much baking this year. Well, then he can just share it with me. <laughs> because we all know there's never been a cookie that I've met that I didn't like. That I can attest for. Uh, former Kitchener Rangers head coach, longtime assistant coach, longtime Plymouth Whaler. My goodness gracious. Former St. FX X-Men, Troy Smith. Did I forget the Hamilton Bulldogs you in there? You forgot the Hamilton Bulldogs. Totally did. Yeah. Totally did. So we're going to catch up with him in Saginaw. Yeah, it'll be a good time to see uh, Troy again, and I don't know if he'll be as happy to see us. <laughs> <laughs> Saginaw, not off to the start that the Kitchener Rangers are. Which They're is young, why though. They're really young. Very young. And and that's why I think this is a good fit for Smitty. I think at some point down the road we should catch up with him and maybe. I think that's a pretty good idea. Do a little podcast or that's something. That's what we call a tease. Because this is a thing right now. The Farwell and Pope podcast brought to you by TBD. I like that. Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a place? I can't. No. Okay. Uh, no, it's to be think. determined. So If Mighty Ducks taught me anything, TBD is to be determined. Speaking of coaches, <laughs> is that where you learned it? Mighty Ducks? Sadly, yes. That's pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of coaches, we caught up with, I'm just going to throw it out there. One of the legends behind the OHL bench, behind yep. an OHL bench, uh, this past week. And this is the interview we're going to bring you on the podcast. I, I hesitated a little bit around legends. First of all, because I'm not sure how he'd feel about it, but mostly because my former colleague and uh, radio partner, Greg Brady at Sportsnet 590, the fan, by the way, check out. The, the starting lineup, Brady and Price. You go yeah. ahead and do that because you can listen to them before you listen to the Mike Farwell show on 570 News. And Hugh, right? Hugh Burrell, isn't he on there? He was on there too. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Anyway, Brady tells this story about when he was, because he used to be the play-by-play voice of the Saginaw Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he tells the story of being late for an interview with George. And how'd that go over? It did not go over well at all. So we, we've always, <laughs> I'm glad we were punctual then. <laughs> right? We, we've always had, Greg and I have had this back and forth about, because he, he never liked George Burnett, or vice versa. He felt right. a bad relationship. I'm like, George is one of the nicest guys, and I mean this, I've met in the game. If you go back to the 2008 Memorial Cup in Kitchener, of course, it had been a season, I'd been with the Rangers for many seasons, it had been a long OHL final, saw George a ton, and he almost went out of his way to give me the time of day when all the big broadcasters were in at Memorial Cup yeah. time. He's like, hey, Mike, what do you need? Right? I, I've always admired that of him. He sat down with us, which says a lot about his character, too. It certainly does. <laughs> and I think 
or ours. One or the, he yeah, good point. He doesn't know enough about our character to say no yet. That's a very valid point. Anyway, uh, he, he's up there with some pretty good names uh, in terms of you. Want, okay, I think I know you're, you're going to know number number one. Yes, I will. And it is Brian Kilroy. One thousand one hundred ninety-three coaching wins. That is a lot. Followed by Bert Templeton. Nine hundred and seven coaching wins. Third place. Still active. Oh, still active. Yes, well, then sir. That's the guy from down in the place. Down a little south on the 401. Oh, that would be the place. Yeah. Dale Hunter, 687. <laughs> the guy from the place. That place down the 401. Then Larry Mavity comes in at number four with 681. Yep. Stan Butler closing in on Mav, 672. And then George Burnett at 636. So both stand to, George and Stan, I mean, stand to pass Mav this, no, not this season, but in the, in the near future. Butler will, for sure. But Burnett, not quite there. Maybe. Uh, 40, what are the numbers? 45 wins this year. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, story. probably. <laughs> Maybe. Two years, though. That, that's Two exactly. years. Right. So, Still, one of the, the top six winningest coaches. I know winningest isn't a real word, I don't think. but Totally is. Uh, is it? Yes. Mm, most winningest. That's, that doesn't make sense. Most one of the, winningest yeah, does not make one sense. One of the winningest coaches yes. in the Ontario Hockey League and uh, now back just down Highway 7 from us. And when we were in Guelph last week to see the Rangers take on the Storm, we sat down in George's office and found him rather cheery, vocal. Here's the chat. Well, George, here you are, uh, back behind a bench. Didn't take long to uh, come back behind one. I'm suspecting that even when the OHL asked you to help out in Flint, you thought maybe behind a bench is where you wanted to still be? Well, it was uh, you know the first time in, in nearly 30 years that I wasn't, so it, it was a change. I, I enjoyed the year very much. I think the, uh, the year in Flint was uh, very positive. Uh, I really enjoyed working with uh, with Ryan Ulihan and uh, uh, Joel Stefan and just the gr- the group there. Uh, um, I think it was there was positive things done. It was it was fun to be a part of that, and, and uh, uh, certainly the coaching staff led by Ryan and Eric Walwood and uh, uh, Scotty uh, uh, did uh, did great work and uh, really put uh, the, you know the foundation in place. And uh, it was it was fun to sit back and, and watch them. It was fun to fun to sit back and watch. Other coaches in the league, and and take a little stock in your own your own career, and uh, and and uh, regroup. It wasn't uh, initially the intention here. Uh, I had had some conversations with Mike Kelly, and kind of knew what his uh, his plan was, and and um, went through the I guess the the, the channels, the, the appropriate channels, with my position, uh, uh, you know, representing the league uh, uh, with Mr. Branch, and and uh, to uh, to have an opportunity to speak to. Uh, um, you know the ownership here when uh, when it was clear Mike was leaving and and it didn't start out being a, a dual role it was it was you know my understanding going into the, the meeting that it was uh, to talk about uh, you know possibly being the, the, the uh, considering the general manager's position and it, it grew from there and uh, you you uh, you never want to be uh, uh, you know kind of in place uh, uh, you know uh, because of uh, you know things not going the right way but uh, I've said have the utmost respect for Mike and have had he's been a mentor for for many years and was was a part of me coming to Guelph the first time I came here and uh, 20 years ago so um, you know things happen uh, they happen for a reason it was the right time uh, uh, it's exciting to uh, to be back uh, I feel connected to this community for whatever reason I've stayed close to a number of people that are uh, that are still here and and uh, my daughter works uh, at Laurier. She, she's coaching lacrosse at uh, Laurier, where she graduated. And uh, my son lives with, here with me and works from home. So it's uh, it's uh, it's been a nice uh, nice fit so far. Going back to the move to Flint, what's that conversation like with the league? 
Well, I think it was, uh, um, you know, we're, we're well aware of all the, the different things that went on leading mm-hmm. up to um, that, you know, circumstance or a set of circumstances. And it was really just, I, I think, uh, um, uh, an opportunity to maybe provide a little bit of experience and st- some stability. Um, you know, as I said, when, when the league, it was it was unique that the league was, you know, the, the, the group that hired everybody uh, to go in and, and do what the do what they've done and uh, um you know, but I, I think to, to to take that approach and to have it work out as as positively as it turned out was uh, was uh, was very unique as well. And uh, oftentimes, uh, I was you know certainly involved in some discussions, but uh, uh, you know with with the staff and what have you. But uh, but uh, you know clearly uh, Ryan was the guy, and and uh, as it turns out, it was a, a terrific decision. He's done a terrific job, and I really enjoyed the, the the relationship with him. It was you know when you sit back and you 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 offer uh, or you don't offer unless you're asked or I, I didn't I don't think I, I got into a situation where I really um, um, allowed my my coaching hat to be uh, on unless I was asked a question and uh, certainly dealing with the highs and lows of, of the Ontario Hockey League you uh, you have a different perspective I think when you when you have coaching experience so uh, I hope that uh, you know Ryan feels positively about the the year we, we've stayed in contact and I have the utmost respect for what he's done and I, I think he uh, enjoyed the relationship. I, I don't want to speak for him, but it was uh, it was positive. We talked a lot, and uh, even when I wasn't with the team, I think it was uh, uh, an opportunity for you know him to you know bounce the odd thing off me and get a perspective that uh, um, you know might might have been the same, but maybe a little different. And and uh, he's had great experience with his uh, you know his his tenure with Stan in, in North Bay as well. So uh, uh, it uh, it just it, it worked out and. Uh, uh, the conversations were, uh, you know, were all very positive. Certainly, they wanted uh, a certain, t- uh, um, w- whether it was experience or stability, whatever the case may be, uh, they wanted certain things uh, uh, in place uh, to uh, to move forward with uh, uh, what had gone on. And, and I, ca- I can't say there was any uh, interference. Any, um, you know, I, I, I met with Mr. Nelson on a, a couple of occasions. Took it. It wasn't him asking to see me. It was me reaching out to him to, you know, we were. Uh, we were still using his money, and uh, so it was, I, I thought it was important for him to understand, you know, why we were making decisions, and uh, had uh, you know the utmost respect for uh, uh, for him and and, uh, and and the relationship, and, and recognizing the circumstances, and, and uh, abiding by uh, whatever the, the the rules were were that were set in place. So it was uh, it was a positive year. It was it would have been very easy to stay, and. Uh, and continue and and uh, um, enjoyed the scouting part of things a lot more in the rinks and being involved in the draft and and uh, supporting the the real good staff there led by Joe Stefan and uh, Dave McParland as far as preparing for that I think they had a, a draft and I think they're uh, uh, you know there's a, there's a foundation of players there now that uh, those guys were responsible for over the last two years that uh, uh, and really just putting a an environment, or, or having a small piece, a uh, uh, part in, in putting the, the the plan in place as far as the environment goes for players to come to Flint. Uh, it's it's actually, uh, despite what uh, you know, maybe some of the the opinions are out there, it's it's a pretty neat place, and the facilities outstanding. They're they're state of the art underneath uh, as far as the resources and the facility that the guys are involved in on daily day to day basis. Uh, you know, dressing room, uh, video theater, weight room. Um, it's really special. Their school is outstanding. A relationship with the school there, and and uh, 
uh, where the where the billets are, uh, there's it, it, there's not a better place, and uh, so it, it's uh, getting past that uh, uh, you know that stigma or whatever that's uh, that's out there, and I think they're doing a good job of, of uh, creating that. And you, and you look at uh, the number of players that have made commitment to be there again this year. Uh, I think that happens a couple, two, three years in a row. Then uh, uh, all that nonsense is behind them. So. Of all the stops in the coaching career, George, the longest, of course, was in Belleville, a team that no longer uh, exists in the Ontario Hockey League anyway. How difficult was it to see uh, that franchise come to an end? Well, it was it was disappointing. I, I, I really do. Uh, you know, I, I look back now, and, and we had 11 uh, good years. Uh, you know, there was highs and lows, uh, uh, more highs than lows in my mind, but uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a junior hockey town, and uh, as I said, I, I'm sure uh, I don't, uh, I'm not sure how the American League will will uh, will go there, but I know what they've done to make the American League go there. And uh, <laughs> uh, as I said, I I, uh, I guess in my my own uh, very selfish opinion, if uh, just a little bit of that had of uh, had of uh, taken place, uh, uh, you know, the team would probably whether I'd be there or not, I don't know. But uh, certainly the the team would would have a chance to be there. I think it's a it's really unfortunate to have that hole in the Eastern Conference uh, between Oshawa and Peterborough and out to Kingston and, and, and Ottawa. And I'm I'm sure it's. Uh, um, you know, there's there's probably many that feel the same way, but uh, um, you know, who knows? And uh, there's a lot of great fans, a lot of great people that uh, over 11 years you meet in, in a time when you spend uh, that amount of time in a community and live in the community for that length of time. Uh, you know, bought and sold homes there, and 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 had lots of great relationships, and and uh, you know, you you uh, you're, you're disappointed for those people that supported the team uh, as as well as they did, and and yet business is business, and. Uh, uh, decisions are made based on uh, lots of different things that uh, uh, you know some that I'm probably not privy to but uh, uh, it's it was it was disappointing to move it was a unique transition to to go with the team or stay with the team uh, to Hamilton and then and then on to Flint but uh, um, you know an uh, uh, 11 years that uh, we'll always uh, remember co- uh, you know very fondly of uh, the people and and, uh, and and the real good things that happened when we were there you've coached in numerous leagues including the National League what is it about the OHL that seems to fit your style so well. Well, I, I you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I think the league is, is, uh, um, you know, the leadership of the league and, and the way, um, you know, the details are taken care of, uh, the profile of the league, the, uh, the stability of the league, the, uh, uh, the best players play in our league. Uh, I think, uh, um, you know, it, it's really just a smaller scale professional, well-run professional league. And, and I think that, uh, players sometimes not until well after they're gone recognize how well they're treated and how well they're taken care of and and uh, uh, the emphasis on education the uh, uh, you know the product uh, to be involved in in a small way with the with the development of young guys to, to try and become the best that they can be um, there's there's there is lots of highs and lows and you're you're dealing with something different every day as as a coach uh as a coach and general manager you have the opportunity to you know be involved in uh, in in the scouting side of things as well but we've put a good pe- a good group in place and i think that was a big part of uh, uh, of coming here and being in a dual role is, is having a real quality group uh, of people to uh, to take care of some of those details and and uh, you know this year really focus on coaching and focusing on you know what we have and evaluating what we have and what we need to do to to uh, you know, return this uh, this organization to uh, uh, you know the top where uh, they belong and where uh, they've been for many many years. 
Speaking of players, i got to ask about uh, two specifically because uh, you've got a young kid here in Guelph who's a defenseman that spends probably as much time inside the offensive blue line as inside his own. And if I think back to those days in Belleville, I think you had a kid like that there too in uh, P.K. Subban. Besides the offensive prowess of these defensemen, Subban and Merkley, do you see any other comparisons? Well, they're they're different. Uh, they're different people for sure. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know I've only starting the relationship with Ryan here, and and um, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things about his game, and I think he he does recognize that if he's going to continue to to grow as a player, that that other areas of the game will have to uh, have to continue to develop. I, I don't think that's a big secret. Uh, um, you know, he he knows that. Uh, interesting enough, uh, we were able to arrange a, a couple of days with he and PK this summer to to work out and, and be on the ice a little bit together so my my goal with with all that wasn't to talk about you know the way we would run our program or my my situation or my relationship with him more just about what it actually takes to be a player in the national hockey league and uh, so i think that that will uh, um over time, I think you know it's not going to happen over day, uh, over over you know one or two days. It's it's going to take time to recognize. Uh, I think he he's uh, he's going through now his draft year where he's under the microscope each and every night, and and uh, you know the odd night where there's a setback uh, on you know whatever part of the game uh, is is of concern, uh, uh, you know to regroup and and uh, and just establish real good habits. Uh, uh, he's a special player. There's no question. Uh, I, I think his. Uh, uh, I don't think it's the the uh, the lack of being able to play the game defensively, uh, using his great feet, his great mind, and his great in a stick to to defend against guys that are maybe bigger and stronger. Um, that's where they might differ. PK was a, a much bigger, uh, more uh, more physical uh, player, and I, and I think that in in his case, he he did have skills and quickly gained the respect for having those skills. But uh, I think once he established himself in his first year in Belleville and recognize that there was an opportunity potentially for him to be a pro hockey player uh, and particularly after he was drafted by Montreal he became very determined in uh, in playing the game at both ends of the rink and playing the game real hard uh, defensively and you see the likes of Subban or Ryan Ellis or some of those players that, that have, have been so offensively uh, gifted in our league uh, that have turned into pros that you know they still contribute offensively but they, they play the game the right way behind their own red line and, and those are little things that uh, that I'm sure Ryan and Owen Lalonde and, and all the other young players in, in, in the Ontario Hockey League not just with our program will learn as they as they go through this experience. Merkley and Subban, just two of the names, obviously, that have uh, been under you and learned from you. Um, going back to your playing days, a London night. What That's was a long time. I know. <laughs> and uh, people, Ranger fans listening to this might uh, not know that you were a London Knight. Um, what are some of your fondest memories from playing in this league? Well, it uh, you know it was uh, the late seventies, early eighties. The league was much different. I wasn't going to say when, George. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, but uh, it was it was uh, it was a different time. Uh, the league was much different at that time. I think, uh, in fact, uh, I know that you know with the leadership of Mr. Branch, I think that was year two, maybe of his uh, his tenure in the league. So things were changing. Uh, the emphasis was was just starting to be on you know the student athlete and on the school as being important uh, uh, there was still a lot of nonsense that went on on the ice the the, the style of play was different uh, uh, you know I don't uh, uh, I remember a lot of those uh, those Kitchener London matchups uh, Scotty Stevens Al McInnes, uh, um you know there was there was a lot of great players uh, in both both programs and in, in, in particular that at that time Kitchener Brian Bellows uh, um, 
there was uh, they were they were big teams and they were more cup teams in, uh, you know, in those in those in those years. So our challenge for for league titles and those things. So it uh, I don't know if the relate or the uh, the rivalry the Kitchener London uh, rivalry was maybe as intense then as it is now. But uh, for lots of different reasons, but it, it, the league was a different. It was a different time. I, uh, you know, I throw the three years I went. Uh, uh, you know, played in London. Um, still connected with a few of the players that uh, uh, that I played with. Um, you know, of course, Donnie Brankley uh, was he was the guy, and, and we, we lost him this summer, and that was very sad. To, uh, to, and, and I'm sure a lot of teams will miss uh, seeing him. Uh, 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 you know, uh, just being in the, from being in the league for such a long time, but uh, uh, coached by Bill Long for a couple of years, Paul McIntosh for my final season. Uh, it, it was it was it was uh, an interesting time, um, but I think the league has changed so much now, and I and I you know still still recall those days when I'm dealing with certain situations of you know what it was like, but what it's like now, and the opportunities that are now available to young guys, both on and off the ice, academically, and and uh, the support the teams provide now, um, just a whole different. Uh, set of circumstances but fond memories uh, still keep in touch with my billet and uh, uh, she's as active now as she was then and uh, I think she's 87 or 88 now but still on the go every day and we have a great conversation every time we uh, get a chance to chat so those are those are memories that you hope that every young player has a chance to have a billet relationship like I did uh, and and uh, recall fondly the uh, the time they spent in the league that's awesome is this league uh, in a better place now George, I mean, there's a lot of debate about that among fans, and having played when you played, and, and you mentioned David Branch just kind of coming in, uh, how is this league doing today? Well, I think it's, you know, they, they talk about being the best development league in the world. I don't, I don't think there's anything that can uh, can question that from, and, and, and when I say that, it, it's not just the on-eggs product and, and the best players playing in our league. It, it's it's all the things. I mean, I, I really do look at, you know, when you look at the National Hockey League, and of course in the Almost being in the center of the universe here in the hockey universe, you uh, uh, with with uh, with Toronto now, and and uh, uh, you see a lot of the things that have happened in the National Hockey League. But they uh, they oftentimes take their uh, uh, you know they're in in many cases they're a little a little behind some of the initiatives that our league takes, whether it's concussion protocol or or uh, you know check uh, head checks or checking from behind or just you know, just the environment. And uh, um, they're 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 getting closer, but I I really think that. Uh, uh, the ownership, uh, the the twenty owners, uh, and, and the leadership of our league, uh, you know, they make a lot of these things. Uh, 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 take the initiative with a lot of these things, and and I think people follow, and I think it's for a reason because uh, they've done such a great job in uh, in creating an environment that's. Uh, our game is fast. Our game is skilled. Uh, uh, there's room in our game for all sorts of players. You don't have to be six-two and two hundred pounds, and and uh, you know uh, be involved physically every night. There's just, you know compete and and size and skill and speed, and, and uh, it's uh, it's a fun time to be a part of that. And as a coach. Um, you, you need to change some of the things that you've you've done over the years, uh, and that's one of the reasons that I think it was positive for me to to, to sit back last year and, and watch and learn and and uh, assess and and, uh, and tinker a little bit with uh, you know some different thoughts of, of moving forward and, and being a coach in this league with young kids and and uh, social media is a big part of our game now, uh, like it or not. Uh, <laughs> We're uh, podcasting I'm, right I'm, now. I'm not a uh, I'm not a Twitter guy, but uh, maybe some at some point in time. But it, it's uh, it, it's fun. How uh, to see how many different things are now involved in the game that weren't uh, even a consideration uh, not so long ago. You mentioned how the game has changed, but I think my math is correct. You started coaching when you were 27. Is that is that correct uh, about that? About that about time, that? yeah, yeah. full time. Yep. How how is your 
coaching technique changed to go along with how not only the game has changed, but also the players have changed? Well, I I, I, I hope. I mean, it's probably not a, uh, you know, probably talking to some kids that have played for me back then and maybe now might, might be a little better approach on that. I, I, I hope I'm able to adjust with, with the changing times uh, uh, and, and uh, there's certainly a, an emphasis on pace and skill and, and uh, attack and speed and all those things and we've made some, I think we've made some good adjustments with, with this group and, and our coaching staff uh, focusing on certain areas and, and uh, uh, as we as we put our plan in place here with Guelph and and, and move forward, but uh, you know I think over the years you you know I'm, I'm sure uh, whether you were to talk to a, um, you know any of the guys that have stand in, in North Bay or a Peter DeBoer or Steve Spot or any of the guys that have been in the league for many 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 years is is and not that it was a you know an intimidation or a fear or a, I mean there's right now there's there's no. I'm not saying that was a big part of, of mm-hmm. how you approach things, or uh, but I, I think uh, there's no question that kids are, are motivated by different things today, and uh, uh, they just want to know that they have the best. Uh, you know, the circumstances of which kids come into our league now is significantly different mm-hmm. than uh, uh, than when they uh, uh, you know when they come into the league you know even five or ten years ago, let alone thirty. So uh, I think that uh, you know kids coming up through. Um, dealing with adversity, sometimes their first adversities are now in our league. You know, the first time that they've had to sit out of the lineup or or not be on the power play or or uh, be in a in a role as opposed to being the key guy. And it it, uh, it takes some time and, and support and, and uh, having all the different support groups around them uh, that uh, that we now have in place, uh, whether it's on or off the ice, uh, skating coaches and nutrition people and and uh, uh, mental health co- uh, you know coaches and advocates and uh, it, it's just. Uh, it's many, many uh, you know people that, that go into an organization, and uh, you want to make sure that you uh, have covered off all the bases and have every level of support for these kids that we possibly can. And and uh, if if we do, then I think they'll appreciate the time that and, and the energy that you you put into uh, allowing them to come to the rink and, and have no uh, uh, no stones unturned and have no excuses. And that's what we try and eliminate every day. We gotta let you get ready for a game here, but uh, you did mention Stan Butler, Pete DeBoer, among the winningest coaches in the Ontario Hockey League. You're in that club. You're in the same conversation. You sticking around till you take over Kilray's numbers? <laughs> well, uh, as I said, it's it's uh, you know Brian is uh, uh, you know I, I, a very special individual, and, and uh, it's great to see him still now uh, in the rinks uh, doing some scouting. Or when you go into Ottawa, not there nearly as much, but in the years in Belleville, uh, we we uh, we coached against each other a long time, and, and even once he he stopped coaching, uh, always took time to say hello. And uh, I think that's one of the the great uh, human stories of of our league is you have an individual like that that has so many records and is so highly thought of in Hockey Hall of Fame and he always takes time to talk to and I'm sure it's not me or anything about me it's more just the young player or the young coaches the guys that have been in the league the guys that came after uh, he always takes time to, to say hello and, and uh, share some uh, some stories because there's always a story or two and uh, uh, and, and to uh, we've had uh, you know, a few playoff series over the years that uh, were uh, were heated, and uh, uh, on both sides, both teams uh, having a chance to be successful. But it's uh, it's pr- some special achievements that Brian is, uh, and I, I'm not sure there's uh, anybody that's going to be able to catch some of those numbers. But uh, uh, to have uh, coached against Brian, coached against Brian, uh, Bert Templeton and his Larry Mavity, uh, you know, those were always fun and interesting times for a young coach that didn't know anything uh, at the time. And and to uh, uh, I can remember uh, very quickly uh, the, the first uh, week or 
or two that I was hired in the league, and and Bert Templeton called me. We were we were playing uh, one day, and he called me down to have breakfast with me, and I still remember the conversation like it was yesterday. And and uh, those are those are special memories. He was an interesting individual, and. Uh, um, had a lot of battles, but you look at the success and how he changed over time to to, to build a t- uh, you know many teams and many programs and, and be successful. And uh, uh, those conversations are special, and, and unless you've been a part of them, it's it's tough to really explain. So. Can you tell us that conversation? <laughs> uh, prob- probably not. <laughs> but just you know, he, I know he was uh, you know he was. Uh, he was trying to find out a little bit about me to maybe give him the end. He was, uh, he was, you know, we talked a little bit about players and and uh, you know, would there be potential for a move? He had a pretty good team that year, and you know, so there's there's little things, and you know, when you look back on it now, you know what he was talking about. It was, it was, you know, he was challenging, he was testing, he was trying to maybe steal something, and uh, but that's that's uh, to be expected and understood, and and uh, I think when uh, when pl- when new coaches come into our league this year, uh, you know, now and over the last few years, or when you're, I guess, considered maybe one of the veteran guys in the league it's uh, i think it's it's important to welcome them and you know and and support them and and uh, offer up a uh, you know an opportunity to chat if there's if there's anything that uh, you can help with so uh, um, i think we've got a lot of a lot of work ahead of us here in, in Guelph. we're excited to be uh, to have our group together um, we want to make some some real serious progress this year and uh, uh, i think uh, there's some good uh, good pieces uh, in place and uh, and the future's bright it's good to have you back behind the bench, George. Thanks for this. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, Mike, you maybe could have taken a little uh, lesson from George and welcomed me a little more. I'm a young guy into the broadcasting business. You've been around a long time. Uh, not so much. It's comments like that that don't get you welcomed. I see. You know, we are heading on the road, right? Can I talk to the Rangers about getting my own seat? Nope, you cannot. Now you're going to pay a price. <laughs> luggage. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going down to the luggage. That's right. Uh, George Burnett, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to sit down and chat. That was awesome chat. Like to talk about a guy that started coaching Major Junior at the age of 27, you know, after playing in London, then going to McGill. This guy went to McGill. Like it's not, not if you're a good hockey player, you don't go to McGill. You can go to McGill, don't get me wrong. But you got to be smart to go there too. You sure do. You sure do. Right? I, so that, he, he also coached in uh, Niagara Falls. Not long before, just a few years before, Rangers head coach Jay McKee was there as a player. And uh, after we chatted with George, I mentioned to Jay as we were doing our pregame chat for the broadcast, I said, you know, George George started coaching before you were a player. We kind of had a chuckle about that, just to put it in perspective. Yeah. But it also goes like, okay, so in one sense, I guess you could just argue we're saying George is old. As I raise my hand, welcome to the club. Longevity like that doesn't happen by accident. You have to produce results and he's been to Guelph before had great results with an OHL championship we'll see what happens this time around and he's left numerous times he was the head coach in Edmonton in the in the National League yep. he's coached in the American League he's coached in the East Coast League I believe as well this is a guy that coached in while well, he was in uh the pro ranks he coached under Craig Hartsburg in Anaheim and now this year when they face Erie he's going to coach against Craig's son <laughs> Chris mind equals blowing he stands to Finish in the top five OHL coaching wins on that list. So awesome! All right, uh, do you, I'm kind of looking forward to. I mean, as much as as much fun as this one has been, I'm kind of looking forward to our next podcast already. I'm looking forward to the recording process of it for sure. Yeah, we don't, we can't promise quality control on the next uh, 
No. Farwell and Pole podcast. But you'll be sure to want to drink the next one in. <laughs> I see what you did there. We're going to be in the Sioux. Hey, home of the OHL's second leading scorer at the time of this recording. One Mr. Boris mm-hmm. Kachuk, a Waterloo boy. So looking forward to seeing him over the weekend, too. And filling a void that Zach Sinishin left offensively for the Sioux quite well so far. No question about that. All right. Drink it in. We cannot promise quality control in the next episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast uh, on Twitter. Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope. Your sponsorship right here. I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.